0: Welcome to the Friday press conference ahead of the 2019 Austrian Grand Prix. Joining us today from left to right, we have Toyoharu Tanabe, Andreas Seidel, Paul Monaghan, Andy Green and Mario Isola. Mario, if we could start with you, please. You had a meeting this morning with the 10 team principals. Please, can you explain what that meeting was about and what conclusions were drawn?
1: Yeah, it was mainly to understand if there is anything we can do to improve the show. Uh, we know that the dominance of Mercedes is not helping the the show at the moment and uh, we had a discussion of uh, the opportunity to reintroduce the 2018 tyres but uh, after analysing uh, the positive side and the negative side uh, the conclusion was that uh, we want to stay on the current uh, or there was a vote from the teams and the decision is to stay on the current uh, tyres but the, the meeting was quite productive so there were new ideas, new proposal for uh, maybe the end of the season. Obviously, we have to analyze that. At the moment, are just ideas. Uh, let's see. We will continue the discussion in the next uh, days, and maybe we come with a proposal for Silverstone or something like that. Um, I don't know yet, because it was discussed uh, two hours ago, so. OK, thank you. And can
0: you also tell us what the plan is for next week's tire test here at the Red
1: Bull Ring? We continue our development for 2020. As I already said, that the main target is to, to have a wider working window for the uh, next year compounds. So both in uh, uh, Austria and after Silverstone, we will test uh, new compounds, new philosophy, new uh, type of compounds in order to achieve this target. Mm, and we have also to finalize the new construction for next year because the current cars are really uh, faster and faster. So that means that they are putting more energy into the tires, and we have to cope with this energy. And uh, all the modification of the construction is to make them work better, and the compounds to have a wider working range, no issues with the warm-up, no blister, no overheating. Obviously, a target is always to reduce overheating because it's something that drivers don't like. So I would say that two main targets are uh, keeping that safety, is, uh, the, the, a target that uh, is always there, we cannot uh, uh, consider a tire that is not safe for more One. Uh, the targets are to have a wider working range and less overheating for next year. Okay,
0: thank you, Mario. Andreas, if we could come on to you, welcome to your first FIA uh, press conference. Now, you've been team principal of McLaren for a couple of months. Can you just tell us how it's going and what you found when you arrived at the MTC?
2: Well, uh, what did I find? So, Still early days, to be honest. I mean, it's a, it's a big organization. I uh, got a very warm welcome uh, by the teams right from the beginning. It obviously helped to get started also that uh, compared to last year, the team has made a, a huge step forward uh, with the car. So all the changes that have been initiated last year already are paying off. I'm still in the, at the moment uh, in the period of really analyzing in detail of uh, what's going on inside the team to find the strong and the weak points inside the team. In order to then work out a clear plan, uh, how I want to, let's say, approach the future with the team. Obviously, Zuck and the shareholders are um, giving me the or gave me the clear task to work out as quickly as possible any deficits I see, also on the infrastructure side. So this is why I'm very happy also to um, to announce last week that uh, we got this positive decision on the on the wind tunnel, which was quite an obvious obvious deficit compared to the to the to the top teams. So very happy it's good to see that we are making steps race by race now at the moment and it's important now for me to keep this positive journey going
0: well as you say mclaren is a team on the up at the minute um what is the mood in the camp
2: yeah, it's obviously very very positive as i as i said before i mean results uh, help it's good to see that the, the car is reacting to developments different uh, to to last year um we're still bringing bits also for the next races so we better and better understand the car also we have a great it's a working environment also together with the drivers they perform very well on track Um, they have a great interaction in terms of car development also with the the team at the track and the the guys at home so all pretty pretty positive at the same time the battle in the midfield is very very tight so it's also no reason to get overexcited it's just uh, important now to keep our heads down and, and keep pushing day and night
0: We had a great result in France last weekend, 6th and ninth. But how concerned are you about a repeat of the hydraulics issue on one of your cars this weekend?
2: Well, we obviously um, disassembled the car afterwards and and found an issue on a a single part. Uh, We think we have identified uh, the root cause of the issue, and uh, hopefully it was a a one-off.
0: Okay, thank you, Andreas. Paul, if we could come on to you now, please. Can we start by talking about this year's RB15? What were your expectations coming into the 2019 season and has the car met them?
3: I suppose from a team point of view, no, we're not walking off into the distance and winning every race. So there's an element of frustration rather than disappointment. Um, Don't forget, we were the ones that changed power unit and then picked up the the bodywork changes. So we probably took more on in the winter than some of the others. Um, These cars don't stand still, they're they're prototypes, aren't they? So every race it's changing, sometimes by larger amounts, other times by smaller amounts. Um, Our friends at Honda are upgrading as and when they can. So as a package, we're trying to move forward. Um, The target's clear and uh, yeah, it's improving all the time and it's the rate of improvement relative to our opposition that we'll see whether we uh, can catch them.
0: Well, how do you rate your chances of catching the two teams ahead of you? Do you think it's possible within the current season to do that?
3: Uh, yes, I think you have to. Otherwise, you sort of say, oh, we're going to look at next year's. You know, we'll try and uh, learn and move on at every stage we can. And if uh, the closer we get to them, the better off we are for next year. If we catch them, great. It's really a case of making our own progress. The only thing that's within our control is the performance of our car. And uh, we can't influence the others. They'll do what they're going to do and uh, it's heads down to get on with it really isn't it
0: and can we talk about drivers we've seen tremendous consistency from max verstappen this year but it's been a bit up and down for pierre gasly although he p- appeared to have a good morning this morning
3: but what have been pierre's issues with the car uh, pierre finds it a little bit more difficult to drive in certain sections of the corners i think the max from his comments but he, he's He's a quick young driver, let's not forget that. And he's up against a very strong teammate. Um, he's much happier this weekend, straight away. He's on the pace, so his confidence is, uh, is on the up again, and um, he's part of our team. We'll support him as best we can with every bit of energy we've got, and uh, I think he'll come good. Okay,
0: thank you, Paul. Tanabi-san, if we could come on to you now. Paul says that you're bringing upgrades as fast as you can, and three of your cars ran the new Spec 3 power unit in France. You've, all four cars are running it here. Did it perform at Paul Ricard as you expected?
4: Uh, basically, yes. Uh, we could see the, some improvement in the data when we ran the, the latest spec at uh, the track and then uh, we compare to the Dynom data, then we see uh, improvement Drug side as well. Um, then, uh, but uh, on the other hand, the improvement is not significant. So uh, as I uh, mentioned before, when we introduced SPEC3, there was irritability uh, and then uh, performance improved but the performance is not uh, huge means we still keep pushing to perform well. well
0: you talk about pushing to perform well it's quite early in the season to have introduced your third upgrade will there be another new spec this season and can you tell us if, if that's the case can you tell us when that might
4: be uh, yes so as you are thinking uh, just before the half of the season, we already uh, applied third uh, P.U. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, we are planning to uh, introduce another spec in sometime this season. But uh, I don't tell you exactly when and how much improvement we will have. Maybe, uh, anyway, we will announce later.
0: Okay, and just a final question for me is, you've said that the development of this Spec 3 involved working closely with Honda's jet division. Can you just tell us how that worked?
4: Uh, so uh, we have a, a Honda R&D. So the one with the uh, division is Honda uh, Sakura R&D, which is uh, taking care of Formula One or a racing project. Then we have a uh, big uh, technical, kind of technical center, including many type of technology. Then uh, we s- use that resource and then collaborate very closely, so not only jet engine but also other parts. But as a result, uh, we introduced the last race, uh, the new kind of turbocharger. So, uh, using uh, and from the collaboration uh, between Honda Racing technology and then jet engine technology, uh, so we try to make our performance uh, better. Not only small racing group, but also the all resources from Honda R&D.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Tanabi-san. Andy, thank you for waiting. Um, Very tight midfield this year. Checo was 12th for the third consecutive race last weekend. Can you tell us about the performance of your car, the RP19, its idiosyncrasies, and where do you see your main opportunities in the next couple of months?
5: So, yeah, you're absolutely right. The the midfield is incredibly, incredibly tight. Um, It only takes very small margins to to move you from one end of the the field to to the other Um, the car has got some uh, some balance issues that uh, we started the season with and really i think that's a bit of a legacy of of where we finished off last year and where where we were as a company position wise Um, we've got a lot of changes um coming ahead um in the next few races and and beyond after the break as well so I think we're we're making we're making progress, and, and as Paul alluded to, it's all it's all a relative game really. Um, so we've got to make more progress than that than our competition, um, which is hard to do. Um, it, it's very hard to do. We've got um, we've got a uh, a lot of work to do, um, but the the atmosphere in the in the team is is incredibly buoyant. Um, the, the the team's future is incredibly bright. Um, we're looking a long way forward with the team now that we've never been able to do before. Um, and so the fact that we are in a, in a bit of a, a tight scrap at the moment is not distracting now from, from things that we're looking at much further down the road. So, so it's, it's an exciting time for the team, really is, um, like I've never seen before. So we're really looking forward to, to not just fighting this season, but from what we can do, and what we can achieve going forward as well into, into the seasons beyond. Uh, it's, uh, it's an exciting time.
0: And what about Lance Stroll? He's raced well this year, three points finishes, but he's been struggling in qualifying. What have been his issues, and how can his engineers help him find a solution?
5: Yeah, there's no, no denying his, uh, his Saturday afternoon performance. Um, even by you know, he would he'd say it's the same. That he, he, he struggles um, on the Saturday afternoon. Um, but we have to put it in perspective he's he's in a very early part of his career and he's up against a very mature experienced driver on the other side of the garage and he's learning a lot um, and we are in each race and in each each session we, we give him targets and what to look for and, and, and how to improve and it's all you know it's small small margins every time um, but he's, he understands it is incredibly talented driver we've we've seen that um, numerous times Um, and it's just a case of of just getting the experience and and once he gets the experience and gets the confidence we'll we'll see him we'll see him close the gap to Checo and and potentially take a leap ahead of him Um, so we've got every confidence he can do it Um, but it just it just takes a bit of time
0: okay Thank you. Well, let's open this to the floor now. And as ever, please remember to give your name and publication. First question, please.
6: Scott Mitchell from Autosport. Uh, to the three team representatives, please. We started the press conference talking about the, the meeting about changing the tyres mid-season. Could you just give us uh, your thoughts on, on the, the decision not to, to change tyres and also the prospect of a change later in the season? Obviously, there wasn't a majority to
0: do it now. So why would it change later on? Andy can we start with you please um,
5: yeah so really I think um, we listened to the arguments um, and we especially listen to this man on my left um, you know, probably are the experts in this, in this area um, and from what we could tell um, it, it wasn't it wasn't clear-cut at all that a change to reverting to last year's compound Gauge sickness was was going to be a, a positive change. It was. It, it sounded um, like a significant risk to us. Um, so, from our perspective, I think it's it's too late for for this season. And I think um, the decision to to focus on trying to do something and trying to improve the, the tires and the show for next season is the right thing to do. And I think, and to try and not distract from from the testing that's going on. Um, post this event and post Silverstone as well, I think is, is the right decision and focus on next year um, and try and do something for next year rather than a knee-jerk reaction in the middle of this year.
3: Okay, thank you. Paul, your thoughts? Um, <coughs> it's difficult, isn't it? It P- puts Pirelli in a slightly difficult position. Um, they're doing a decent job. They're going to win every race. The tyres are, are surviving on the cars and, as Mario pointed out, they've got to maintain their safety record. At uh, risk of being slightly Controversial regards Andy's comments, we would quite happily accept the 2018 tires to come back. I don't think the risk is as great as some perceive. Um, But it is about creating a a show, and we almost have to step back and take a slightly less, uh, slightly team centric position and turn around and say, well, if it would be better, the show could the teams cope with it? Our opinion is yes, we could. Um, We accept there's been a majority vote not to do so, but uh, we hold a slightly different view to the majority then.
0: Thank you. And,
2: Well, I think, first of all, it's important, uh, in all fairness also to Pirelli, uh, to mention that we don't have an entire issue in general here. Uh, I think Pirelli, the product we have this year, is matching all the requirements we have set out last year uh, as Formula One for what we want to have. I think, in the end, the reason why we have this discussion at the moment is that we have three top teams with the same resources, and uh, one team is doing a significantly better job than, than the other two. So that's the situation we are facing, but it's nothing really we can, we can influence as, as McLaren. I think it's down to the three top teams with FA and, and, and Formula One to see if there's anything can be done short term to fix that issue. I think in general, we have a, a far bigger issue, which is this big gap we have between the top teams and, uh, and, and the midfield. Um, that is also where our focus is on. Um, this is something I think that cannot be solved over the short term, so we have big hopes in all the changes which are on the table on the financial side, technical side, sporting side, regarding the regulations in 21, in And uh, hopefully, F1 and FIA with all the experts, which I have now on board, which is a unique situation, pull through. We fully support the changes that have been sent out some weeks ago. And uh, that is our focus, to be honest.
0: Thank you, Andres. All right, next question, please.
3: And racing lines Renkin, racinglinesandracefans.net. Um, Mario, the vote 5-5, five, five, do you take that as a, a vote of confidence in your product or a vote of no confidence in your product? And if your product was in line with the target letter, should the target letter then just be scrapped?
1: No, I don't think so. The target letter is fixing some uh, parameters in terms of delta lap time and, character- and degradation and characteristics of the tire. That means that we can change the target letter for the future. We can make uh, we can put numbers that are better for the show uh, as andrea said uh, we made a product in line with uh, the request coming from uh, f1 don't forget what happened last year i mean drivers were complaining about overheating and we f- if we go back to 2018 tires we go back to overheating to blister and uh, all uh, the different stuff uh, where well basically we were working on to, to make a better tire for this year so uh, what is clear to us for next year is to develop a product with a wider working range in order to have more teams that are able to use the tires better i'm very confident that for the second half of the season most of the teams will learn how to use the current tires because uh, uh, it's always a learning curve every year was the same Mm, i had no going back to last year tires on the technical side was not the right decision, and I'm happy that five teams recognized that and uh, voted against uh, the change. On top of that, uh, we are very happy to, to work together with the teams, the drivers, and FIE and FOM to find a better solution for the sport, as we did in the past, and we have always done. Provided that uh, safety and the image of the company are, are preserved, are protected, uh, we are here to, to do something good for Formula One. So if this is not the right direction, that's changed the direction but we need to agree which is the direction because at the end of the day we make one tire for everybody not a customized tire for any car
0: thank you mario next one please
6: ian parks new york times question for andreas andreas you talked about the positivity within mclaren but you've come into the sport what appears to be quite a negative time primarily due to the dominance of one team as you mentioned mercedes can we just get your thoughts if i may as to what your perceptions were of f1 before you joined mclaren your perceptions now that you've been in with it, with the team for a couple of months and what you would like to see going forward primarily from 2021 onwards
2: well uh, following formula one the last 10 years as a, as a fan i think it hasn't lost anything It's still i think the platform which 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 works there's no change compared to, let's say, 2009 when I when I left Formula One. Um, of course, there is an issue, as I mentioned before. I think at the moment with this big gap between the top teams and and the midfield teams, simply the 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 resources these top teams are having, let's say, went out of control compared out of control compared to what we, for example, can do. It's not possible for us to do to be competitive and sustainable at the same time. Again, this should not hide that we have, in general, some work to do inside the team, independent of, uh, let's say, the boundary conditions we are in at the moment. So I think it's very, very important to get this right for 21. I think the objectives are are clear for everyone involved, and there's also a huge agreement uh, regarding the objectives. First of all, I think the biggest um, or most important topic is to introduce the budget cap, because that's the only guarantee really to have somehow a, a level playing field between between the teams. We would prefer that it is even even lower compared to the numbers that are in discussion at the moment. Um, but we also understand it needs to be a compromise in the end. Then I think it's simply important to get the technical and, and sporting regulations right. It's important to be a bit more restrictive uh, in terms of the freedom on the development side, which then allows to, to have, let's say, the field closer together. At the same time, we are up for still having some freedom because the better team should still be able to, to make a difference. Again, I think everything is on the table. And uh, it's just important now that uh, Formula One and FIA is, is pulling through and uh, that the whole regulations which are in discussion at the moment do not get softened again by, let's say, all the, the agendas of the teams or their own agendas.
0: Thank you, Andres. Next one, please a to question to Tanabe and Paul, Max Verstappen said yesterday in this press conference that he was keen to evaluate the updates that are coming on your package over the next few races. How confident are you uh, to give him the equipment he needs to um, continue and trust the Red Bull Honda project and stay with the team longer term? Paul, should we start with you? Excuse
3: me. In answer to your question directly, we're confident that we can give Max a car that enables him to challenge for race wins and beyond. Uh, the timescale is not within our control because as I say you have to catch the others and pass them to achieve this. Uh, there are a number of updates planned both, as Simon said, with the engine and uh, on the chassis side to improve our performance. We will deploy those as and when they're ready and we know that they're going to or believe that they are right and make a, a reasonable difference to the car and we'll continue to do that as long as we can. Um, our aim is obviously to to close the gap this year. And if we can uh, make some progress towards that, it's really all on the cards for uh, start of next season and <coughs> who rolls out the door fastest then.
0: Thank you, Paul. Tanabi-san, your thoughts?
4: Yes, so uh, we both work very hard to achieve our objectives or our target. And then... Um, so I understand the feeling from the... Cockpit. So we try to uh, deliver our performance, not only P but also Shashi. So, as Paul said, uh, we keep working very hard to keep our driver so, like, max uh, the confident car. So, that's our goal anyway. So, we are working very hard. Then we understand that still. Uh, there is a space or a gap to achieve the top level, also the area to improve our performance. Thank you, san right. Next question.
0: Peter Vamosi, Racing in Hungary. Andreas, Bernie Eccleston uh, confirmed yesterday that four years ago he was in talks with Volkswagen Group uh, and Porsche and Audi that they uh, can come to Formula One, he said uh, it was really, really close. Can you confirm this? And uh, the second part of my question is, can you imagine that in uh, 2021, we can have again a marriage between McLaren and Porsche? Uh,
2: Well, obviously I have a new shirt on, so um, I can't comment on, on let's say, uh, what happened at my previous (laughs) employment. Um, I think in general, with how the, the regulations are, at the moment it's very very difficult really to for a new engine manufacturer uh, to come in this is why I think also from 21 onwards it makes sense at the moment to really keep the regs, all the regulations as they are because we see at the moment already that with keeping the, the regulations uh, stable all the powertrains are coming closer um, together and then I think as far as I can see at the moment, we simply have to wait for the next cycle of the regulations and have to see then also how the automotive industry is going in which direction to see if then there's a chance to create any interest for an, another um, manufacturer again to, to, to come in to this board. Thank you. Next one.
0: Maria dot motorsporttotal.com, question to Mr. Isola. Um, Toto Wolff said today after the meeting
5: that we could see at the end of this season already 2020 tires being used, maybe in practice to be tested. Um, do you see this is possible from, from a protection side, and do you think this is um, Maybe this could be the case at the end of
1: the season. Yes, it is possible because the current regulation uh, allows us to, to do that, so we can supply two additional set of prototype tires for evaluation during Friday, and there was also the discussion to slightly change the regulation in order to understand if uh, uh, different tires can be used during the race weekend, not just in free practice. so this is, uh, as I said before. A complete new idea, and uh, it has to be evaluated and and discussed. And we should come, or the FIA should come with a a wording to propose. Uh, But we are open to to evaluate that, and uh, we will continue our development test uh, for the next weeks. uh, And if we have also this opportunity, it's a good opportunity to test uh, the product for next year during the season. Thank you, Mario. Next question. Sam Collins, Race Car Engineering.
5: Question to Andreas and also to Paul, um, just following on from the question one, back one. Andreas, you've worked with a number of technical working groups and in different championships as well. You mentioned you wanted to see the new engine regulations in future be that 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 will attract a new manufacturer to the series. What rule changes would it require? What would the new power unit need to be to attract a new manufacturer to the series in your opinion and Paul as a, as a team that has relationships with two automotive manufacturers from Red Bull's point of view as a team what, what do you think is needed from the engine regulations in 25 to bring the new manufacturers into the sport
0: Andres, let's start with you
2: yeah first of all obviously uh, there's a lot of changes ongoing at the moment in the, in the automotive industry with, with the powertrains electrification and so on so I think for the next cycle of regulations, you simply have to make the next step of hybridization definitely uh, This is let's say the technical aspect, but in order to be attractive as a sport for uh, a manufacturer to to enter again, I think it's also very, very important to make sure you can enter this sport with uh, an investment which is a lot smaller compared to what you have to do now with budgets that are a lot uh, a lot smaller because Again, if you want to enter this category at the moment, the investments you have to do in terms for the infrastructure and the budget you have to use year by year in order to get to the point where the established manufacturers are. Uh, I think it's you have to be realistic. Pretty difficult to imagine that anyone would invest that money at the moment.
3: It's an interesting question for 2025. Um, I suppose I would answer it by saying that the f- if you ask me. What would I presently do? I would try not to upset the four that are there at the moment to find ourselves down to two, one of them being new, just as a as an example. So if you take that point of view, the four that are currently investing and developing engines and supplying them to all 10 teams. Uh, you could argue on a complete clean sheet of paper, but then it rather negates all the work that they've currently done. And taking Andreas's point that, you don't want the new rules to be intimidating to anybody else wanting to come in. Uh, you clearly need to strike a compromise somewhere, and where that lies, I wouldn't want to comment at the moment. That's my thought for
2: 2025. Thank you. Next one. Daniel Mayer, GPHREG.HU. The question to all gentlemen. When there is talk about the spectacle of Formula One, it is often compared to IndyCar. Do you see anything in it from a technical uh, aspect, chassis, engine, whatever, that can be considered, which, which now an in IndyCar for the future of Formula One? I Barry, start.
0: we can start with you. Yeah.
1: I believe that we should look at any other series that is providing the show, not just the, Indy, the IndyCar. And uh, if, we, if we look at the other series with an open mind, uh, we can find solutions also for Formula One. Keeping in mind the DNA, DNA of Formula One because it is clear that we cannot have a Formula One that is a standard series like Formula Two or something like that. So uh, there are a lot of uh, delicate aspects to consider, but uh, uh, observing the rest of the motorsport with a critical view is, uh, can be only positive.
0: Andy?
5: I think the, uh, <coughs> the regulations moving forward in, in 2021 do do take some of, of other formulas, um, technology. Um, I think with uh, moving towards a, a more of a, a ground effect car um, going forward, uh, this definitely comes from the North American series, uh, which if th- we're looking at trying to have the cars race closer together, then I think, I think that's the right thing to do. I mean, that makes complete sense. But I, I think the same. I think we need to keep Formula 1 at the pinnacle it needs to be a technological uh, um, (coughs) amazement really um, to that's where i think the sport needs to be and it's not just about having cars that are close and it's it's about um a bit more of the wow factor i think we need to make sure we don't don't lose any of that
3: To so you answer your question directly, yes, I think you can learn from other series. Your specific question of IndyCars and is partly answered, I think, in that the way they generate their downforce is of interest to us. The question becomes, can they run closer to one another? Can we still maintain differentiation between the cars as opposed to stock bodywork, as they would call it over there? So I think you keep an open mind and you look and you learn and you don't assume you have perfect knowledge. And uh, I think that open-mindedness it will serve as well.
6: Andres
2: yeah uh, same from my side i think we all do formula one fa and the teams we permanently look also what what's going on uh in other categories on the technical side and also also on the on the sporting side which is a has a big a- impact as well the sporting regulations of of how the show show is actually uh, happening on track um i think some aspects of the 21 regulations uh, like standardization and so on limitation of the, the freedom uh, uh, regarding the aero development and so on, they, they go in, 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 in the direction we see already in other categories. Um, there's a lot of work going into also t- to allow this closer racing. So I think we're not far off with the proposals that are on the table, uh, as I said before. Again, just need to pull through now.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And Tanabisa? san
2: Yes, so uh,
4: the boss Indica and the Formula One are uh, uh, sports and uh, also entertainment and then uh, I think there is a big difference between the two series and uh, also the uh, uh, spectator uh, characteristic different but uh, it's good to learn each other or share the idea which enforce the Formula One which enforced Indica and then uh, supply the much more fun to the spectator is, uh, I think, good. Thank you. Next question. Um, Carlo Platella for F1 in Generale. A double question for Mr Seidel. McLaren introduced a new front suspension in France. Is uh, the introduction of uh, such important component in the middle of the season A result of the new organization of the team and have you noticed a significant uh, improvement in performance thanks to that
2: Um, well i think with the the limited testing which is available in formula one nowadays which we all support also you simply have to use the fridays also to to try let's say adventurous uh, stuff which we did in in car. Uh It's nothing. We follow up at the moment. It was a let's say an engineering exercise or learning exercise for, uh, for the engineers, and uh, we have to see now what we do with the conclusions of that test uh, regarding future developments we want to bring to the car this year or next year.
0: Thank you, Andres. Next question.
6: Parks. Ian Parks, New York Times again. Another one for you, Andreas, if you don't mind. Um, can I just get your thoughts on the season Lando is having so far? Uh, his plus points, what he's done well. He's always had a bit of bad luck, but his plus points, what he's done well. Where he feels, where you feel he needs to improve, is still a, in his first year at the end of the day. And also, just get your thoughts on his obsession with his home sim and how much that is helping improving him as a driver.
2: Well, first of, first of all, I obviously was very, very, very impressed straight from the beginning. Uh, even during the first races where I still watch the races from home uh, with what Lander was doing on, on track. I mean, if you come into Formula 1 and you go into your first qualifying in, in, uh, in Melbourne with a car that was maybe somewhere between, in terms of performance, 10 to 14 and you, you, you score P8, it's an impressive achievement and it was not just a one-off, he did that now several times which is great to see also how he handles the, the races. I think it, it's great. He had some bad luck in terms of results, but I think that's nothing which is too worrying at the moment. So we are very, very happy inside the team. Also how he interacts with the engineers regarding the, the development of the car um, with the guys here at the track and, and back home. So we're encouraging to see, and uh, I think he will have a great future in Formula One. And obviously. Uh, we plan with him as well long-term
0: and andreas his home simulator
2: (laughs) yeah i see There's even here at the in the in the motorhome there's a big competition going on between uh, carlos and him each day um, battling each other on the on the simulator so he's obsessed with that um he's he's convinced and we can see that also that it helps him to to prepare the races to to be sharp when he's arriving here in addition to the simulator work he's also doing with the guys uh, back home in Woking. So it's great to see this new generation also, how they prepare themselves for this challenge in, in, in Formula 1. And again, very excited to work together with him. And uh, same for, for Carlos, I think we have a great driver lineup, and uh, they will be the future for this team.
0: Thank you. And next one.
3: ITER RANKIN, Lines and RaceFans.net, to Mario and the three team representatives. Um, If one has a single tyre supplier, surely it's inevitable that some teams are going to be marginalised by this. If we're looking at tyres to improve the show, should we not be looking at multiple tyre suppliers in Formula One in future when the current contract expires?
1: Mario, can you start, please? Uh, You know, everybody's talking about a budget cap, and a multiple tyre supplier means a lot of cost more. Don't forget when the Uh, When we had a multiple tire supplier, uh, the top teams had a specific test team just for tires and introduction of new tires, new prototypes every race. So it's a bit against the philosophy of having a a cap on the budget. But uh, if this is the decision of the sport, we will evaluate that as we told you in the past. And obviously with a different approach, it's a lot more about the performance and other stuff, rather than supplying the same product to everybody and uh, with the characteristics that are uh, decided by the famous target letter. Or we can try to find different uh, uh, values in, the, in that document to enhance to the show. Maybe it is possible we are working with FIA and FOM in order to have uh, different numbers for the future.
5: Andy. Yeah, I think um, multiple tire suppliers <clears throat> goes against the whole ethos of trying to compress the grid and improve the show. Um, you're going to end up with the haves and have-nots um, with respect to tyres. And currently, we all have the same same tyre, and we can all do the same same job up and down the grid. And I think the, the team that does the best job with the tyres should be rewarded for that. So I don't think it's the the right way to go for the show, to be honest. Oh.
3: In the current generation of Formula 1, then multiple tyre suppliers don't really fit with the model. We don't go tyre testing every week and tyres per se are not a a prime performance differentiator. So at the moment our current working philosophy, if you like, is to have a single supplier. It would change everything that is on the table now and I believe plan for the future if we were to bring in multiple suppliers. And... uh, I don't know if you'll close the field up or spread it out in that circumstance at the moment. We're not, uh, we're not really equipped to go down that route.
0: And Andreas?
2: Well, I think we should also not forget that even in the years of the biggest tie ball, sometimes we had a brutal dominance of, of one team throughout the, the entire season. So I'm not convinced that this is the solution. I think it's simply important now that between the teams together with FA and FOM that we have, let's say, that we take our time to really define clearly what is the target letter for the tires for next year and for 21 and i think that's the way to go to be honest
0: okay thank you gentlemen that's all we've got time for for now good luck for the rest of this weekend and a full transcript of this press conference will be available shortly at fia.com